Hey people, it's Ashley, back for another episode of Parents of People. Welcome back, welcome back, and thank you so much for joining me. Today, our episode is featuring two people who are deciding whether or not they even want to venture onto this journey of parenting. Is it for everybody? What are the risks and costs associated with it? My guests, Amber and Heather, invite us into this conversation with them weighing it all out. I really appreciate them for being willing to share with us about their hopes and some of their worries as they weigh out their options and decisions for embarking on this journey. I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation and perspective as well. And as always, happy listening. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to have you guys on today to share your perspective with us about parenting. This was like a really interesting perspective when I reached out to Amber just to be like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? Because the way that I do this with parents are people is that, I mean, it's about people. So pretty much anybody can be on it. And so it was an interesting perspective for Amber to be like, oh, we're talking about whether or not we even want to be parents or have kids and the factors around that. So can you guys start off by just introducing yourselves and telling us a little bit about you? Yeah, my name is Amber and I'm Heather. (laughs) We are in our thirties. I'm 34. (laughs) We're at that age where we have to do the math. We have to do the math now. So I'm a social media manager and she's also a social media manager. I've known Ashley for 10 years. Has it been? It's been a long time, probably. A long time. (laughs) But yeah, we're just two lesbians trying to figure out if we want to have kids and the expenses and the traveling that we want to do. The commitment to having kids. (laughs) The world that we live in is a very, very interesting factor as well that I didn't think I would think about at this age, but... Yeah, so that's me at least. Do you want to add anything to you? Yeah, who are you? I don't think so. I think you summed me up completely. (laughs) So what are the reasons to consider this? What brought you to the point of, okay, let's think or talk about having kids? Well, I know for me, I've always wanted kids just in general. Wish I had them when I was straight that way. (laughs) I didn't have to do all this, Um, but I mean, kids, having kids is something that I've always wanted, wanted to create some little dope little children to bring into this world and just expand my family, start a family. And so that's like the perspective I've come from with having kids. I've always wanted them. There's some people in the world that I've seen have that. I've always desired to be a mom and it's the only thing that will like make me feel whole. I've never had that kind of feeling towards children, but I've always thought it was like, I don't think it'd be dope to have some kids run around here. Teach you how to play basketball. Like it's always been like, I think it'd be cool. Never yeah. like, I feel like this desperate motherness in me to do it. Gotcha. But just like, yeah. I got some stuff I'd like to pass on to. Yeah. Me. I think yeah. my last name is pretty dope. I want to pass that on. What about you, Heather? <laughs> <laughs> so I come from a big family. So I think it's what's always been expected of me. It's just you get married, you have some kids. Sometimes the kids come a little bit, but right before the marriage. <laughs> but either way, it's just, it's especially growing up in like a Hispanic household, it's very much, you're brought up to, to get married, 
and take care of like your husband and have some kids and take care of your kids like that. It's, that's what we're bred for. <laughs> and it's just, it's instilled from a young age. So I think I, I did for a long time think, oh, like that's definitely my path. As I've gotten older, I'm like, that's a huge commitment. Like I, I want to travel. I don't even have my life situated. So like, I always think about my age versus how old was my mom when, or what was my mom doing at my age? I'm like, well, she has a 16 year old. (laughs) So like, while it would have been cool to have a 16 year old now that does their own thing. Like now I'm like, okay, you're starting older and you're going to be like, how old try to wrangle like a two-year-old. So it's just that kind of thing is, I don't know about, I guess, giving up everything that I like to do to take care of a tiny terrorist. (laughs) They do so much to your body. Right. This is, and that's like another thing that I think I didn't know, like hair loss that just got my locks to a nice length. It's a very, I'm still in that very selfish mind state that is very hard for me to even give up those things, the things that I've worked so hard to, like as a teenager and as a child and as a young adult, I never really had a lot of opportunities to do the things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Like I finally got to the point because I was trying to impress my mom and still do all the right things and do the things that would make her proud. And now I just finally got to the point where it's like, I feel comfortable doing the things that I want to do, looking the way I want to look, acting and feeling and spending my money the way I want to spend it. And it's just like to throw a child in the mix of it. <laughs> I just want to go to Disney World without wrangling a five-year-old with me. But I still want a five-year-old. I gotta just, it's just, it's really interesting and difficult place to be in. What we want is a part-time child. <laughs> unfortunately, if there's no part-time children, it's full-time work. So I think Heather made an interesting point about even like the age thing for those who had their kid younger by this phase of life, where kind of like what you're talking about, Amber, where I think a lot of people hit this phase in their thirties where we're like, oh, we're finding ourselves. We're spending our money on things we want to whether people have kids or not. These, I think we all hit this point of like, oh, I'm discovering that I don't have to be this way and that it's okay for me to like this over here and maybe crossing new thresholds in our career and combined, yeah, if you had a 16 year old that was a couple years out the house, it'd be a great time to be having that experience. But if you're starting brand new and fresh, it seems daunting. Yeah. And like, I have a friend who they just had their second baby and she just turned 50 and they're a lesbian couple too. Mm-hmm. And so I still feel like I have time. <laughs> and her wife is actually in her late forties. And so granted it was like some high risk in there. They have two beautiful children and I still feel like we can just freeze our eggs and have them later or even like adoption. Like we are so open to the different ways to get a kid here that it does feel like we still have a lot of life left to not rush that's valid and I mean you guys are in the unique situation to have to plan this I mean most people plan right or would like to plan when they have a child but y'all have to plan plan (laughs) what are the factors (laughs) right so like what are all the factors that you're considering what are the things that matter to you in making this decision I think we've gone back and forth on, on different options altogether so obviously we know that there's a hefty monetary (laughs) amount that we're going to have to either save or finance or do something no matter which way we go. But 
like Amber mentioned, we're open to like adoption or, I mean, my preferred way of course would be like a surrogate because I don't want to go through it. <laughs> no, so that's super unrealistic. So I'm just afraid also of pregnancy. Expensive too. Right. It's, that's a whole other basically person's salary, which good for them, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but yeah, so we're open to like adoption. We're open to which one of us is going to have the baby. I and... do think that's a luxury. Like we get to pick mm-hmm. person who could have the baby. Yeah. Like we have two uteruses to work with. So if <laughs> one of us is more, that's really true. We can both go through the, what do they call it? Yeah, yeah IVF and like yeah. figure out who's more fertile than the other and go in that direction. So I do think that's a blessing in disguise. And then we also have, well, you have a gay guy friend and his husband mm-hmm. want kids. And so they've been trying for some time and she's known him since they were 10. So we've actually toyed around with that idea of going into a partnership with, with <laughs> <laughs> to have a merger and split a child. <laughs> I'm telling you, it does take a village. Like I'm seeing like how my sister is raising my nieces and it's taking all of us at this point to help these kids to become nice citizens. <laughs> That's a good point. So what is each of you's like, I guess, experience or relationship with kids in general? So for me in general, my family, my, I have a big family. So I am the oldest cousin of what, 11 And so now we're starting to get into the phase of like my my next youngest cousin, which is she's what, 20? No, she's turning, she turned 30 or is turning 30 this year. Maybe she's already, either way, she had her first child a couple of years ago, which was a whole lot of up and downs as far as relationship wise, but essentially she had a baby. We all jumped in to help, but I've been surrounded by children my whole life. (laughs) So I've always had to help in one way or another. So I'm super familiar with the diaper changes and here you know, this cousin go run and put this one to sleep and that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I know like, you, what it all takes. Do like, you like kids? <laughs> I do like kids. I love kids. I just think that maybe I love them because it's, you play with them, you do whatever you have to do. And if they cry, you hand them back. I think I, I wonder sometimes like if it were my kid, like how would I handle that where you just can't get them to stop fussing and I don't know I don't I would hope I would have the patience for that but it's a real it's a reality that like there's no one to hand that child off to <laughs> aside from your partner you're probably your partner's probably just like over just stressed out. <laughs> I love kids I think watching my nieces grow up and I've had a more of a hand when they were younger than I do now because they're 19 18 and 16 now 17 I don't know how old they're grown so I had more of a hand when they were younger and I mean, I guess it's the same thing like Heather said. It was a lot of playing with them, but I really love, even at this point, I love teaching them like life lessons and being that person they can come to about just different things they're experiencing. And now that they have their own opinions and views on the world, I think it's very interesting to have that kind of relationship with them. But I do love how we like started off teaching them how to read, teaching them how to, I had to teach one of them how to jump. (laughs) Like I never thought... (laughs) Like I had to teach one, like a kid how to jump. She was just like doing this without, you can't see, but she was like lifting. She was just like going up and down, but not actually getting off the ground. It's the cutest thing. But like having that transition from teaching them just how to exist. And now I'm teaching them how to exist in a different way and maneuver in the world. I think it's been a very, very fun experience for me. And I love it. I don't get the brunt that my sister gets, of course, of the, uh, they're going through things that, 
on a daily basis. I'm not with them daily, so I don't get the every everyday experience. But I want to have that connection that my sister has with my nieces and that I have with my nieces with a kid as well. And so like those types of things I like desire, but I'm still at the point where it's like, I don't know if that desire is stronger than my desire to do things on my own, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I want to talk about the, I guess what I would call the parents and PR team, like the reps for parenting. Cause I think a lot of times the stories that we hear about kids and stuff, it doesn't make it sound desirable. Would you really agree with that? No. It really doesn't. There are so many things just, I could probably name more reasons to not have kids than to name the, like the have kids side of things is purely emotional. It's just like that. I want that bond thing, but the list of cons can, <laughs> the list of cons just goes on and it gets worse as you get older. Like I still, my mom is still parenting me and I'm 34. Like this is a never ending this is a never ending gig. Yeah. My mom at 60, when she's 64, she's still like having to give me life lessons and sometimes be there for me financially. And we have this really weird in, mm-hmm. like relationship where I have to be there for her sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> Yeah. this is, you didn't say, you said the contract said after 21, you own your own. Not, this is really like a lifelong thing. Mm-hmm. And he, even with my grandmother, like my mom, like I remember one time, like, my mom went to, my grandmother's alive. She was like making Thanksgiving dinner. My grandmother straight up woke my mom up at 4 a.m. to start cooking. And my mom, I saw my mom at, I had to be like 50 something at the time, be put in like a child's place <laughs> at the age of 50. And I was like, I cannot keep doing it. This, this, there has to be an endpoint. <laughs> no, but is it that, but see, that's the beauty of it though, that ongoing relationship but that is a factor to consider that yeah you're not just a parent for the cute years or like for 18 like all the way I mean forever once they're here and then they have kids and then you have to like parent their kids sometimes but they don't like the way you parent their kids and it's just and the worry just continues you're always going to worry for your kids or about them like you it doesn't matter what time like (laughs) <laughs> now that now the kids are out of the house because they're grown they got married now you're worried about them financially you're worried about their emotional state I get text like, messages at 2 a.m and my mom's just being up worried about me and I'm just like please <laughs> go to bed go to bed for real <laughs> tells me behave every time I like I go and I visit <laughs> I tell her I tell Amber constantly I'm like I get the same lecture before I leave my grandmother's house every single time. And it is behave because the devil's out here strong. (laughs) (laughs) What are some of those horror stories that you have maybe heard or come across that really just stop you in your tracks? Have you seen the girl with the list on TikTok? Of course. Of course. She's, and I do believe she's doing a good service. She really is. But it's definitely rough. Best birth control I've seen yeah. by far. Yeah. So for the listeners, if you are not on TikTok and are not aware of this list, a girl started a list of just all different things that can happen negatively in pregnancy, all different things that kids can do. I don't know, but the list is really long. I don't know exactly how long it is, but she comes across stuff on TikTok of people being like, oh gosh, some hair started growing in this strange place. And she's like, oh, nah, 
Yeah, that's place. <laughs> like, hair falling out, your teeth falling out. Teeth, the teeth oh falling out. I saw the... that. No, the girl that I saw that her teeth all fell out. She, this poor girl, she was gummy and needed dentures. And she said it was because this fetus <laughs> took all the calcium <laughs> from her bones and her teeth. <laughs> and I think I imagine myself. Aside from like, pregnancy, nose is its own horror thing. Like I, that's terrifying. Pregnancy nose. My sister nose ain't gone down since. <laughs> but imagine like pregnancy nose combined with hair loss, and then you lose your teeth. Like you're out here looking. I don't know, like a rug rat. Like literally, Tommy pickles. And then sometimes your dogs don't like the babies. You got to mend that relationship, and it's just like things you didn't really like. Like the nuances that you really didn't factor. Sometimes mm. your kids can grow up hating you, like just straight up hating you. And I'm just like, like, we don't even, I don't even mesh well with Tauruses and my kid is a Taurus. <laughs> all that money for you. <laughs> so how does your relationship with your families impact your decision? My mom desperately wants me to have children. She wants me to have children. And then mm-hmm. Heather has the children. She wants Heather to carry my eggs. And then if... It's all about continuing the Amber lineage. Yeah. My mom has compared me to Prince. So, I mean, you can't get no better. <laughs> like me and Prince were in the same sentence. <laughs> and so another thing, like my mom, she... I don't know. Like, I feel like my mom, like... My family would be very happy if I had a kid. My dad wants a boy. And he said he would donate whatever money it takes to get to make sure we can guarantee a boy, which I'm pretty sure you can do from like science, but he said he was going to look into it. Okay. So I think our parents, like my parents, at least, I feel like they, they have a weird relationship with the fact that I'm a lesbian have trying to have a kid, but they appreciate the fact that they can be with a little bit. They can have, well, if we start then you can have them then. And then you can, there's no like unplanned pregnancy. So they feel like they can help in the planning process. Like it's a wedding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that we both get pregnant at the same time. Mm. But we're convinced that's just her way of moving in because we'll both be incapacitated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so hey. it's, it's very interesting. I'm astonished with how the conversations have gone too. Right. Because <laughs> that's quite the perspective. <laughs> like they're interested in the factors that they can control about this. Like you said, and join in on the plan. <laughs> it's like planning a wedding for them. They're like, yeah, we can, if we do it in March, you can have them by then. And then, and because like we were talking about both having children and some, and then remember we we're talking about like our gay friends who we can co-parent with. My mom was like, well, if you have the baby, you can keep that one. Then Heather can have the other baby. She can give that one to them and I'm just and I'm just like why are we giving away babies like this? what is <laughs> not giving away my children absolutely not so the conversations have been very interesting this process at least for my family my sister just wants me to have a kid and my nieces just don't they don't really have an opinion I don't think but my parents my both of my parents are very they're very much so control freaks and so they're in fact they are working the system in their advantage to try to figure out what we can do to get a baby here should have gone first then because now I'm going to put a damper on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what about you? I'm a Mexican Catholic family. <laughs> so they're not for this at all. <laughs> like at all. There's many a religious conversations and 
come to Jesus moments that they would like me to have. And my mom, although, so here's the thing, let's, there's a couple layers to this. So my mom in general would love for me to have kids and she just would not like it to be in this situation. <laughs> so I've told her like, and why? Cause she's, she said, I want to be a grandmother. And I'm like, well, you very, may, you very well, maybe, but it's a matter of, do you want to be involved or not? And she was like, oh no, not if it's like that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, that's your decision. But the funniest part is that the same person, my friend that we've considered using as sperm donor, co-parenting, she has been hoping and praying for those grandchildren between him and I, since I was about 15. So it's really funny that like, you're still getting the outcome that technically you've always prayed for. You just don't like how it's going to get done if that's the way it happens. So yeah, they're just, so so I think that does factor into my decision as I like, I Sometimes it's do I want to have them out of spite? <laughs> it's, it's weird. I sometimes like I'll have them out of spite, but at the other time I'm like, well, I won't have them because it's just too much to deal with the family. And then other times I'm just like, well, I'll have my kids and my kids just don't have to do anything with my family. And that's that. Because I'm not going to put them in an uncomfortable situation. There's a lot of thought processes there. So is it like Amber's family and the, like, if they are born from you, that's okay. Or is it as if they are born into a lesbian relationship, then it's not okay. Right. If they're, if it's a lesbian relationship, they just, their idea is that I find this wonderful man out of God knows where, and that he just opened my eyes and that I just, I get married in a Catholic church and then we have children and that's their ideal situation. It's fascinating how long people can hold on to dreams like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Strong on that. There's the other portion is when they're like, well, if you don't have kids, who's going to take care of you? (laughs) It's a retirement plan. Right. But people do say that as if it is the only reason to have who's going to, that's not the reason people have them. Well, I mean, some people do, but it usually doesn't go well for the child to be born with all that responsibility to be somebody's retirement plan, like you said. Goodness gracious. Yeah, all of my, like my grandparents are taken care of by my aunt. I think my great-grandmother was taken care of by my grandmother. So I think that's very like alive and well in our family. So I think like in their eyes, that's the only way. You can't just plan for your own retirement, God forbid. Mm -hmm. I think- One thing I find very interesting is once our kid gets here, whenever we get to that point, everyone has all these opinions, but then when they see how we actually plan to raise them, I don't think it would be as kumbaya as it was in the planning process. And then that might also give them the, they feel like they have an authority to say how we raise our children, because a lot of the things that like me and Heather are really big on that we, we do feel like we have to do a lot of the generational breaking of different traumas and things like one thing I've been really big on is bodily autonomy of like toddlers and stuff if a kid doesn't want to hug you they don't have to and if a kid says no their no means no it's as much as I tell them no it means no and so I think a lot of those things I don't think our parents are ready for when we have kids because they've been raised differently and so those are the types of things that I do factor into it is I would hope my, our kid have a, has a strong relationship with their grandparents, but realistically, I don't think they would enjoy the type of child that I would be raising because of the types of things that I value and 
just like I get that opinion because of how my dad and my nieces are. My nieces are in this very TikTok phase. They're teenagers. And he's like, well, they don't call me every day. And I was like, dad, you might've called your grandma every day, but I didn't call my grandmother every day when I was a teenager. And he gets like really offended by that kind of thing. (laughs) And (laughs) it's like really shocking. And I'm just like, I don't, you don't call me every day. Like, you know, I don't think that those things are like important to know. Like, I think they're important for to happen in order for your grandchildren to let you know that they love you. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want those kind of pressures to be on my kid because I'm not going to force my kid to do anything. I just find it interesting. People who have all these opinions about us warning kids and how the kids are going to get here, they're not going to have any say on how we raise them in a lot of these situations that they feel like they had an opinion on in the beginning. So, so does it make you? My dad would be chill. <laughs> Your dad would be chill. <laughs> he would. So does it make you like nervous when they want to be in on the plane and they're like, eh, because I don't want any, I don't Absolutely. want you to think this means you have extra input. <laughs> right. So it's just because you help pay for it and help finance it doesn't mean that you have any say so in how like our kids not playing football. So that's just period it's like that mindset when people like get married and they're like we'll pay for your home wedding Mm -hmm. and then suddenly it's well we don't want you to order the roast beef for the we want to get the five course like chicken whatever thing and it's but we want this is what i'm paying for it and so it's i think when people put their money into things they feel entitled to Mm -hmm. opinion for sure that's not something you want that makes you not want to receive help from someone if if that's what it comes with you're almost like no you good just keep that over there so what are some of the doubts? Do you guys have any doubts about having kids? Not just the, oh, we might miss out on some fun stuff, but- Like we would be bad parents or- If that's one, I don't know. No, <laughs> I, like- think we're, we, I think we've convinced ourselves we'd be great parents and that we would not us some good time. But I think everybody convinces themselves, like, I would never do that to my child. Yeah. And I think everyone just has a nice, a new age, spicy variety of messing up a child. <laughs> and that's, I think that's, that no matter if you do everything opposite of what your parents did, then you, there's probably something else that your kid's going to resent. And that, I think that's just the cycle of life, honestly. Yeah. There's not much that I, like, I only, the only thing I could think of are selfish things. There's nothing like if. I feel completely confident in raising, at least doing my best to raise like a well-balanced kid. I don't think that I'm like, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of having hard conversations. My nieces have hit me with a lot of things. And so (laughs) I think having those kind of conversations with kids comes easy to me. And I feel like I, I don't really have any hesitation when it comes to how I raise one. So yeah, I, I don't, Anything. I'm not really worried about anything else. And we'll make it like, and I, my thing is, like, it doesn't, I don't have this idea of perfection. And I think people have the idea that they want to be the perfect parent. And I don't think there's a such thing. And so I think like, I'm okay with my parenting style changing on the fly just to get what needs to be done, done. And so I don't think I put that kind of pressure on myself to be absolutely perfect for a kid. And I think that relieves a lot of stress because I put a lot of perfection on myself in general. And so I try really hard to convince myself that I'm going to be okay with not being the perfect parent and just doing the best that I can to make sure my kid is alive wherever I want to be alive for. As <laughs> long as I don't kill him. Good. That's all, that's all having a kid is. It's just keeping the alive. Keeping the human alive. I mean, and alive. making sure they don't destroy everything. Right, happy. 
probably want them to be happy too, emotionally well, but now I feel you. (laughs) Do you think that there is a point that you can get to where you may be overanalyzing the decision or weighing it too much? Absolutely. Being that this is a financial, it starts financially for us Mm -hmm. and doesn't start with the action. It's like a financial decision that you have to like weigh the pros and cons of. And there's a lot of thought that has to be into it. Like my sister, when she had her oldest, she just laid down one day and had a baby. And, (laughs) you know, and then the financial thinking and all that came afterwards for us, it has to be something that we plan for actively. And even with adoption, it's even more like you have to plan and convince other people that you are the perfect parents. That's a super emotionally taxing too. Mm -hmm. My friend that's gone through it, they went through, um, they were in the middle of adopting, I think through foster care, I think is what was going to end up being, but it was a a newborn and they set up the nursery. They did everything, bought all the things. I think it was the middle of COVID. So they had the virtual baby shower, got everything they needed. And that mother switched like that. And she ended up finding someone else within her family that would take this child. And so now they have this nursery with all the things and they have to keep that door shut because it hurts too much. And they've gone through that. They've gone through trying to, one of our other friends had offered to be a surrogate for them and free of charge. (laughs) So what the cost ended up being was all of the testing, all of the IVF and all those things. And I think he told me it was at least, I think right under like 50 grand. And it didn't stick. So now they're paying that off. And now you guys, you still got the nursery. So it's just like such a weight emotionally and financially that you got to really plan, make sure that, and then hope that everything goes the way we're hoping it goes, because otherwise now it's another amount of dollars to try again. And you're right, because on the flip side, like what Amber was talking about, you don't, there isn't, there's planning that people would like to have probably made before they had kids. But in reality, a lot of people, if they waited until everything lined up, they wouldn't do it. (laughs) And and sometimes it just happens and it's like, all right, well, I guess we got to get ready. But having this weight on the front end, especially when you're talking 40, 50 grand, that's that's a money for a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) And then when a baby gets here, they need care and money for that too. Forever. For a long time. (laughs) And then college. (laughs) And then, oh, you better go to a vocational training <laughs> with a lot of training. And I always find that really interesting how a lot of the people have issues with same-sex parents, especially like the ones who go through, who are not bringing kids in from straight relationships or whatever. I think it's always very interesting. It's like same-sex couples have to, there's so much planning that has to go in on the front end that these people are more than ready in their minds to be parents more than a lot of people who can have kids naturally. And so I think that's something that people don't factor into. It's like these, like for me and Heather, this is something that we thought about for years and we had to like plan financially and all this other kind of thing. And I'll make sure we have like the right kind of insurance, like things that we didn't even think about thinking about until we got to this point. But there's straight couples who don't have to do that. They just can have a baby. And so like when people when people are showing same-sex parents and all of these people, they desperately want this more than most people do. And so I think it's coming from a different perspective of that. That's a good point to highlight. <laughs> do you ever worry about any of those biases of people or judgments that people have of you being a same-sex couple with a child? No. 
I know it's gonna happen. Like I've gotten the brunt of it just like being presenting masculine and looking like a lesbian. I've gotten that. So like I really don't give a shit. Like, and that, I think what's interesting is that a lot of like other masculine presenting lesbians get really weirded out by masculine presenting lesbians who decide to carry the baby. Like when I told my homegirl, I was like, I would carry the baby. She's like, you would carry the baby? I was like, yeah, like I have the, I have the parts. Like, what the fuck mm-hmm. are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's two of us. Like, why wouldn't I consider carrying a baby? She's like, I don't know, bro. I was like, it would be something. I'm still a, like, I'm still a woman. Like, I, I can do it. Like, it's, like, you see these childbearing hips? Like, I can do it. Like, just chill. <laughs> it would be something though. If I couldn't, then you were like, oh, absolutely not. Like, that's only. <laughs> That would be weird. I don't think I would want to be with someone who was like, absolutely not. That's your place in life. It's like, how are we different? I always, I've, I've always befuddled by those lesbians who are just so weirded out by like mass women who decide to carry babies. And it's like, it's, she's a woman. Like she wants to have a baby. She has, why wouldn't you work with what you got? I don't get it. Yeah. And no, that's funny what you said, Heather. That would be weird. I'm just like, nope, I assigned this to you. Like, when did we, how did we, how did we assign? When did we become straight? <laughs> what happened? Did your person not work? Is that what you just tell me? That don't work. That's a real, a real long way to get around. My parts don't work. <laughs> what about access to light? Because I guess when I think about the struggles that I hear just any person, especially in our age group, identifying it's stuff with the environment, having access to support, money, getting enough rest, being able to have fun. I'm also concerned by just like the way politics and everything have been going. It's just, no. this world's going to oh, no. I, I don't necessarily feel that way. I still feel like people were having babies in Jim Crow and it was, I feel like that was, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> That wasn't stopping. Okay. That wasn't stopping people from having babies then. And I'm just like, if my mom could be raised in a racist Jim Crow South. Okay. Okay. I think I can raise a kid in this world. That is the most extreme. If they did it, I can do it too. I mean, my my grandmother was born in World War. And I think she was born like till in the Great Depression or something like that. Like my great grandmother did it. That reminds me of like a quiet place, like the movie. Like, what made you want to get pregnant in the middle of that? <laughs> I was knowing, knowing you have to be quiet. <laughs> well, what did, how did you think labor was gonna go exactly? Like, I see that you had a plan and great for you, but now you got a crying infant. And what do we do when we're supposed to, to put be... the baby in the floor? Right. Yeah, that movie drove me crazy because I wanted. I was like, when did they even have? consider this to to have impregnated and, and done these things for a sexy time when was you ever feeling sexy and all this danger this whole world is not feeling that was not feeling it wasn't giving like it wasn't giving sexy so like how did they even get to the point where and like, the husband went out there and died right now there's giant monsters running around and you thought you know what I, what would make this really fun sex <laughs> and a baby <laughs> and a baby what do you feel like do you want kids and how does all this work for you (laughs) never asked me that (laughs) it's not about me why are you glitching (laughs) it's about other people (laughs) it's not about me um well i am also 34 this year and so i've gotten to the point of realizing that some of the reasons why i didn't want kids previously in life are not 
valid to me anymore. And the more that I've been uncovering that, it's more like, oh no, I just want this particular circumstance first. I want a family. I want things to be set up this certain type of way. And I get that, like, I can't plan every dang thing, but I certainly don't want to just wing it. Uh, it's also, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a single mother. And that's something that I realized had always been a fear of mine. And so once I came to that realization, I was like, oh, well, I don't want that to be a reason to really hold me back from it. But I'm still not in that place of like, yeah, like I got to have them. I must fulfill my duty as a woman. I must be a mother. I don't have that. I have a, if things get like they're supposed to be in the right circumstances and whatnot present themselves, then I mean, okay. Cause I feel like I've, I've had enough fun. I've done enough, you know, like, um, and I know one, there's an older woman I like to hang out with. And when I met her is when I started thinking of it more like, oh, parenting doesn't have to take over your whole life. Oh, it feels like that's all you think about are your kids all day. That's your whole life and you don't have any fun and you do nothing. But when I met her, she, um, cause she had her daughter, well, she had her when she was 35. So I met her, her daughter was like a teen. And then this was like a couple years after when she was graduating high school and she was like, oh yeah, she's graduating. And so now her and her husband were going on a cruise and her daughter couldn't come cause you 18 and you out of high school, you go do something else with your life. And so she was, she lived at home still, but I just remember talking to her and just, she just was still her, you know, like from all the time that I knew her, she didn't seem so wrapped up like her daughter was a part of her life and all of this stuff but it wasn't just like and that was when i first started thinking like oh okay you could still kind of have a life but also she was married <laughs> and yeah, her spouse was present i said that makes sense like i think i get one thing I, okay i will say this i will say one thing i do have a genuine fear of is how that will affect me and heather's relationship but I think I learned that was like a new fear that was unlocked when I watched, we were watching Real Housewives of Miami. Yeah. There was like a lesbian couple who their kids just turned 18 or moved out yeah, of they college. Just, they went to college and, and they're spiraling. They didn't know how to like function as a couple anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like her whole identity was put into being a mom. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't, I love Heather. I don't want to lose my best friend over some, over some kid <laughs> that we pay for. <laughs> And this is like, it's like the like number two reason. I think the first two reasons people get divorced are money and kids. And it's just like kids, they do affect like your relationship in a very, in new ways I learn about every single day. And it's just, I don't know if like me and Heather are solid right now. And I don't want to, I have a genuine fear of like our relationship significantly changing. Like it's just every time I hear people talk about it, it's like, you don't really see your partner much anymore. Their sex drive changes and your sex drive changes. Everything becomes about the kid for a really good portion of it. And you kind of have to like sneak and find time with each other. And it's just, it seems like it's affecting too much of my life. Like you're not only you're affecting my money, you're affecting my relationship. (laughs) You're affecting my body. Like you are literally taking over like everything that I have cherished the only thing that's stable is my religion right now because you're affecting everything else <laughs> in my life. And it's probably the worst term to use, but a child is really like a parasite, like a welcome little parasite. And it does, it just, it drains you of every resource you have. It really does. And, and you just gotta love it and want to keep going. And that is, that's a super fear for me. Like, 
I'm always on TikTok. And that that became a trend. And it was like all these women saying, and to be fair, these were like straight couples, but it was like all these women that were like, my husband just checked out the minute I had a baby. And I've heard a lot of the, oh, like we really wanted a baby together or the husband pushes for it. And it's like, I really convinced her to have a kid and now we're almost there. Like she's 30 some odd weeks pregnant and I don't think it's for me. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. This woman that like you wanted a child. And I think that can happen in any couple. I'm sure like you just, because there's a majority of straight people, you get those things yeah. more. I'm sure there are couples out there, straight, gay, whatever, that are like ones pushing. And then the minute that kid comes into play, like, I know I don't do well with stress, me personally. I know I don't. <laughs> Amber knows that. <laughs> I don't do well with stress, lack of sleep. And that is, that is what a child is going to bring. So that is a really present fear because I know what, how my personality changes when I'm stressed and when I don't have enough sleep. So it's scary. <laughs> No, that is a valid point. You do often hear of parents talking about that struggle to, well, one, to even find themselves as individuals, let alone still trying to connect with a partner. And I think it's even harder to connect with a partner when you've completely lost yourself in the process of parenting. When y'all were saying that, it made me think of, I know of an older lesbian couple that they didn't adopt. One of them gave birth to their son. And they were saying how they were like, we, we planned everything down to like how we were going to parent. And they, I mean, they're together, they're still together, <laughs> but their parenting styles, they were like, it just went like totally different. Like we had read books and we did all this stuff to say what we were going to do. And then the minute that baby came, we both went to like our separate, totally different things. And that was a whole factor to adjust to as well, which I'm, which like I said, I'm sure any couple, <laughs> any parents, you know, I'm going to be the strict one. Like I, <laughs> I know that's who I'm going to be. I might be surprisingly strict too. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit of a control freak, so who knows? But another thing is my lesbian couple friend, they were hell-bent on cloth diapers. And this is when I realized like all that really does go out the window. They were hell-bent boxes of cloth diapers. Mm. That baby shat twice. They still in boxes. <laughs> it was like, you can plan and plan. You can have an idea. Hell, I say that I am confident that I can be a good parent. That baby gets here, all that confidence might go out the window, you know? And so, like, I'm okay with, like, how things could get <laughs> because that's life. I mean, it's, you, you can plan a plan and nothing's going to ever be perfect. But that, I will I will say, like, the fact that ladies, the woman from Real Housewives Miami, she's trying to, at this point, trying to convince her wife to have another kid. That way they can have another kid in the house. She can be a parent again. That's the level, like, she, since she, she had no identity, identified with being a mom. And, like, after 18 years, if that's all, like, that's all you become, and you invest so much in your kids, and I'm pretty sure she was a, is a great mom, but, like, once the kid is gone, it's like, she's trying to figure out who she is. My mom, I didn't even know my mom liked to write the way she liked to write. And she was like, oh, you know, I picked up writing again. I was like, again? She's like, Amber, I was a journalist major in college. Wow. until I had your sister <laughs> and it's like oh yeah that's right and it's like your parents like try to like watching my parents like try to find themselves again I'm 34 and she's still trying to like reinvent herself and remember who she was before all of this it's just it's a wild ride and I'm like I still am too selfish to give that up I know of a couple that their kids are grown now and the mom put all of her efforts all of her focus, all of her efforts mm. into her daughter, like wholeheartedly. 
she is daughter's now getting married and the older son i think he's already, he's been out of the house for a while but now because she's gone or she's moving on parents are getting divorced because and they have openly admitted that like she focused on providing for the family and she focused on providing for the kids and there there was a wedge that continued to grow between them that they had no identity no relationship that was left it was just basically they were two roommates that had kids mm-hmm. and now they're divorcing and like it's taking a toll on their kids because they were like where did this come from i knew y'all weren't like perfect but i didn't know it was this bad and yeah and it's just it's a lot <laughs> like i don't i'm not trying to lose amber over like a baby <laughs> huh? Yeah, that's a valid point. I mean, because ideally you want to make sure that foundation is solid enough by the time you bring them into the equation that you can know how to navigate and work together. But there's such a huge variable. But I also think, and I think the old adage, or maybe it's not old, maybe it's something that I recently learned, but a lot of people say it's God, your partner, and then the kids. And a lot of people will like scoff at that and be like, that's the craziest thing. I honestly, I'm like, at <laughs> them kids. I know they're mine, but nothing's going to be at peace in this household if you and I are not right. at peace in this household. So I think, I think that's, that is really something that people need to look at more is like your partner comes first, regardless of all the hoopla and your kids and all that, like your kids will drive y'all apart. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they're going to move out and move on. Be happy that you raised them really well. You gave them a safe environment. Like this whole safe environment that you created is great for them. It drove a wedge between you and your partner. <laughs> and now you're left by yourself at the end of the day because no kids, no no spouse, no nothing. Because everybody's gone. It's just you. Yeah. <laughs> Right. This is why it's important not to lose yourself nor your partner in the midst of it because, yeah, because it's easy to do so, mm-hmm. especially without support, especially without those reminders. We, Parents Are People, put out an episode of just a mom talking about that of like how much stuff has to come through her. If I'm not good, she can't be good. I have to do all of these things. And it sounds like a lot, but it's also very true. Yeah. <laughs> And for some people, especially when they don't have additional support or not found other parents to bond with, people making it okay for parents, especially for moms, because I think women do get the brunt of that stigma of like, you can't have a life. Everything must be about your children. Where are the kids? What are you doing here without them? Like, go out to a light lunch with your friend or your children. Yeah. Like no one... I rarely hear people ask men, where are your kids at? Your kids. And when they do have the kids, it's, oh, I'm babysitting the kids. You're not babysitting the kids. Oh my, I hate that. Those are your kids. You're taking care of your kids. It's such a passion. (laughs) You're parenting, not babysitting. They're yours. Yeah. They look like you. They have whole DNA. Claim them on your your taxes. It's not babysitting. It's parenting. Because if babysitting involved the tax deduction, the way I would be babysitting. Left and right. <laughs> if that was all it took to be. Yeah, not for you. <laughs> Episode two can be um, the sperm donor <laughs> search. <laughs> I, what will we look at? <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it feels like we're at an NBA combine and the NFL combine trying to pick sperm donors. What is that like? 
Well, we were looking at them and it's, it's funny how pick, picky you can get when you have the luxury of looking because if it was a straight situation, you'd be like, he's good looking. I'll sleep with him. Uh-huh. And then this one, it's like- How many languages does he speak though? It's okay. So he's, oh, he's a chemical engineer, but he's, oh, but he's five, six. He's short. He's a short king. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do wow. we want to have a short king or do we want a tall guy? Let me see but what some baby pictures looking like. But he is a PE teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is interesting though so you know that's a valid point like you really don't know how picky you can get until you actually have these choices i think that's what probably ran people all the way to gmo babies or what do they call them when they be like oh i want my baby to have green eyes and designer babies and designer babies yeah <laughs> our concern is our child's complexion because i'm so pale <laughs> Amber's terrified we're gonna end up with some like blonde hair, blue eyed child. I'm like, terrified. where is that coming from? <laughs> I just want people to make it. I just want people to not think I'm either snatching the baby, <laughs> and I don't want them to think that I am the baby's caretaker. I want them to, I want them to look at me and look at my baby and say, okay, that's that parent, that's the baby's parent, and not be like, whose child is this? That's fair. That's but fair. blonde hair, blue eyed is never gonna come out of me. Like I'm pale, but I there's. Mm-mm. <laughs> never gonna happen i know it's not gonna i don't i hope but it would it be funny happen. if it came out of you because i'd be like who <laughs> yeah won't you do it i know jeans what does it say jeans are not there's instructions there's they're gentle whispers of suggestions and mm-hmm. not instructions i think I it'd be hilarious though of people right <laughs> which is fair like that makes sense that baby came out looking straight up like his mother Straight up, I think that's what you envision. But again, my mother's not does not have those features either. So <laughs> I don't know where you think they're coming from. I appreciate you ladies for coming on and sharing about just this journey that y'all are on and decision making. And I wish you, I don't know, all the knowledge and wisdom that you need to make your decision. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if you want to donate, our cash app is <laughs> if you'd like to vote, should we have a child or not? Please visit the Oh, link in bio. The link in bio, and uh, decide if we need to have a kid or not. <laughs> would you want? Would you want to go to school with our kid? <laughs> <Would you want laughs> <to get your? laughs> Thanks, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening. I truly hope that you enjoyed this episode. If something in it resonated with you, please share this with a friend and a loved one. You can also leave a rating and a review so other people can find us. Check me out at my website, parentsrpeople.net. You can also find me on Instagram at parents, the letter R, people. And you can come on there to look at some pictures and discuss the episode and find some good quotes and snippets there. Thanks for listening.